Actors Jason Stewart and Mitch Hara are here to talk about the second season of their hit comedy series, Smothered, and give us their spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Jason and Mitch. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. Tell us about Smothered. Oh, my God. I think, you know, season one is really an introduction to Jason and Mike's chemistry, Ralph and Randy. I mean, you see the problem, you see the, you know, this long-term gay couple who cannot stand each other, like most couples after 30 years, and we say things that everybody else thinks. And it's seven five-minute episodes you can binge in like 25 minutes. And season two, we decided to up our game. We wanted it to be a real series with 25 extra guest stars, and they're 10 minutes each. We took time to show the love underneath all the really funny, insane banter and crazy antics. You see their love, and there's a lot of jeopardy. Because, like, you know, it's like, who are you if you're not reflected in the other person's eye? Like, what's your identity? Because you've gone so long with this other person in your life, and they just accept you bald-faced, no matter how horrible or funny or crazy that you are. What we also did is we added... Uh, their families, so you would see where they came from. We had added three more fabulous therapists from different uh, walks of life. We have Nicole Evans from Superstore. Your friend, Ida Rodriguez. We have, wig, um, we have wig, therapy. wig therapy. One crazy thing after another. And then you get the reality. And the last two episodes, seven and eight, just really show where these two are. I mean, it gets ultra real which we both love. If you remember my saying, what it does is it's like we're driving in this car and all of a sudden we hit this wall and then it explodes. Uh, Mitch's character, Randy, becomes involved with mentoring a trans person and my character finally gets the attention from another man. You'll have to watch the show to see what happens. And then no, it's not give away. Not at all. And the car sort of crashes into the wall and you see the last episode which we sort of called when we were making it the Virginia Woolf episode. It's painful, it's funny, and the outcome is probably something most people would not think of. So we really are very excited to hear the response from people about that. And really, so far, the response has been insanely positive. We're already going viral. And one episode just keeps getting hit over and over and over and over and over again. It's like... Episode 7 seems to be a very yeah, popular episode. We have no idea why it got more views no, than we anything. Don't. So if somebody understands the algorithm, please call us. You know, it's our mission to be diverse and ultra-open, and we create a world that we want to see. You know, so no part is gender-specific. We cast by talent. So we have the rainbow in all aspects of everything in our show. We've had parts that were written for men played by women. We have, we have trans. We have, it's just like, it's fluid. It's everything, which is just, you know, thrills us to death. Very much so. The direction uh, and the uh, broadcast quality of a video is absolutely fabulous. How did that come about? Well, we used the same cinematographer, Toshi, who is absolutely brilliant. The guy is just yeah. amazing. He's just an amazing, he's like the MacGyver of, cinematographers. We got these new uh, sound people that we, actually a whole family that we fell in love with, who actually yep. came to our Palm Springs screening. 
as a vacation. The whole family came, which was so lovely to have them there. So we really worked on it. What was really important in the second season is that we step up our game in every aspect, and I think we really accomplished that. A hundred percent. And, you know, uh, talking about Hitoshi, he has so much integrity that he keeps buying new equipment. So this was a brand-new camera, and our editor, Rob Padgett, who's a genius, also had a new program for color correction and sound mixing. So, and he was like a one-stop shop for us. It was just like a, it was a labor of love. And Jason and I just wanted to up our game in all categories. Emotional, physical, you know, the look, the music. And that was Mela Lee again. She gave us another new song that's like very sad. But, um, yeah, so I'm thrilled. What do you hope to accomplish with this uh, comedy series? Well, I think in terms of uh, our work, the first thing we really wanted to do when we decided to do season one is we talked about we wanted to be really creative and push the boundaries of what we could do. And in the second season, we went even further in terms of our work as artists. And we wanted to do our work, and, and it's a lot different to a co-star in a series than it is to go in and do a job for a couple days. So we were very uh, much a part of the creative process. So that was really important with us. We had this brand-new director, Carlisle King, who is one of the most popular theater directors in Los Angeles, who made her uh, television debut with us and worked with Atoshi very hard to create uh, this beautiful look and these beautiful performances by all these people. And the second thing, I think, is that we wanted people to see our work. I've released a lot of my own projects, as Mitch has, and what happens is you get tied to one network and a one platform, and you sort of go to Siberia unless somebody has that one thing. And now, as you know, everybody has a channel. So we, we're on 29 different channels. And because of that, we really have to thank Reverie uh, because they very much uh, distributed us, and then Amazon reacted us again. And then we put it on YouTube so people who don't have any money can actually watch the show for free. So it was really important to us that the show was available to everyone to be able to see the work. That really was important to us. A hundred percent. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, you know, I love the process. You know, I'm one of those, like, I'm a hundred percent creative and I live in my right brain. And as long as I stay there, everybody else is, just, you know, happy because I get squirrely if I'm not creating. So, like, the writing of it and the directing of it and the, the rehearsing and the, and the editing and the post and, and composing music and then the B, like Jason, you know, it's like people's reaction to our baby. And then, of course, I want them to come. I mean, me personally, I want people to come and say, what's next? How much money can we give you to do your next project? What would you like to accomplish with your work, especially in the midst of the uh, writers and actors strike that we're all affected by right now? Our show, The Strike Itself, is about the, uh, I guess, the seven big entities in our business. So it really has nothing to do with us in terms of us because we're self-produced and we sold it to these people. What the effect it has on us is that when we do sell it to these people, we don't get compensation in the amount of people that watch it. It's not compatible with what other people make on other shows or anywhere close. And that's what should start to happen is that when somebody puts a show on like ours, some sort of a reasonable amount of money should be paid to us to show it on their network. So there's content that's alternative, that's independent, that has a true spirit of uh, self-doing. 
and gets to see characters and people that we don't get to see on television. You don't get to see two gay men over 50 in a television show together. I don't think we have ever had one. As the stars of the show, yes. You don't get to see that. And it's something that I never thought was ever going to happen. And I have to say, Mitch has really, you know, pushed me. He really, really pushed me to do things that were out of my comfort zone that that I didn't believe, and he taught me to believe more in myself as a leading man more than the character actor that I am and the supporting player that I've done that I've been cast in. Mitch has had a very buoyant career uh, starring in plays, one-man shows, creating his own destiny in, in a really big, starring way in, in Los Angeles theater, with a very big presence, whereas I just basically have been a guy for hire. So he taught me really how to uh, open up my mind to different ways of looking at things. We need to be paid to do this in order to continue. And these studios and these networks have enough money to give us something to make us go to the next level. That's what we would want. We want to be treated in the same way that somebody in their 20s that look gorgeous. It's no mistake that Barbie is going to be the biggest movie because it's about beautiful people, you know, young, beautiful people under 40. And I'm all for that. But let's also go for some other people giving them the same opportunities. And when you get older, to know that you're still vibrant, you're still creative, and you still have ideas that uh, someone in their 20s or 30s would not have. What would you like to see happen for our LGBT community in uh, the Biden-Harris administration, especially with over 500 anti-LGBT bills that are out there and all the trans youth bills that are out there and they're neglected to pass the uh, Equality Act at this point? That's a big fear for us, especially for our uh, trans brothers and sisters and siblings. This has to be a world where all Americans feel safe. God, I get a rush over myself when I talk about this, because I was a kid that was beat up. I was a kid that was followed home from school. I was a kid who, in my 20s, stood in line at open calls to try to get work. I remember standing in line uh, for the... uh, film that Francis Ford Coppola directed, the two films, The Outsiders and Rumblefish, and I remember the casting director coming over me and looking at me, you know, my layered hair and my vest for my high school graduation <laughs> and my cowboy boots and looked at me and went, no, this is never going to work. First time that somebody said to me, hey, you're not an equal, you're not allowed to be here. I thought to myself, wow, I have to find a way to walk in this world and keep showing up no matter what. And I think that's what has to really start to happen is that we all have to start showing up for each other the way Mitch and I, when we were kids, when we were walking in, in lines, holding signs, going to Pride, and really uh, showing up for each other in a really big way, you know, from the AIDS community world to to marriage to to everything. And I think it's really, really important that we start to show up for each other in a big world, and not just for LGBT folks, for everyone. We have to show up for everyone because the minorities of the, the world are the people that are going to make the change. And we are now <laughs> the minority. Now we're part of the fabric of the country and we're not going away. How can people get info about second season of Smothered? SmotheredTV.com. Yes, that's the best way to do it. What other projects are you working on? Well, right now I'm just so excited because I've been doing my one-man show, Mutant Olive, in L.A., and I've had 14 sold-out weeks, which is just insane with 
crazy great reviews, and I've won tons of awards in New York. I'm going to be touring in London and uh, back to New York and Chicago, and it's a project I love that I'm turning into a screenplay in a series, and I've got three other screenplays, and I cannot be stopped. Jason? I have a film coming out in the fall called Garlic Parmesan. I've been in over 160 film and TV shows. There's just tons of things to watch that you haven't seen. You can go to my website, jasonstewart.com, S-T-U-A-R-C, and you can watch those. I just taped a special uh, that Clinton Lee produced, wonderful filmmaker, called Last Proud, with a bunch of incredible new uh, out uh, queer comedians. Every uh, flavor of the month, every flavor of the year. It was really exciting to see all these new uh, comics. And I'm as a headliner in that. And I'm celebrating the 30 years right now of being openly gay as an actor and comedian when I came out on the Geraldo show in 1993. And uh, I'm doing stand-up across the country. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Idlewild. I'm going to uh, Sonoma and um, several other dates that I'm going to be doing for the next couple months. I also want to put it out there that I have one more encore of Houston's Olive, August 9th at the Hudson Theater, and you could go to MitchHara.com is my website, and it'll give you all the information on my new show and everything else I'm doing, so please come. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? People think that we're together, we're not. Oh, yeah. Definitely. No, we're creative partners, (laughs) whatever that's called. Probably more intimate than most couples, emotionally. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times? Oh, yeah. Viola Davis said something in her book that really resonated with me. She said, your dreams have to be bigger than your fear. And I think I've lived that way. It means that no matter what happens, no matter how you're pushed down, no matter how many no's that you have, that your dreams had to be bigger. It had to be more important. And for me... Doing the work is probably the most important thing, is being able to make people laugh, being able to play a character that's completely different for me, like I did in Birth of a Nation, or so many of the other projects that I've been involved in, where I got to play a character that walks differently, that sounds differently, that isn't me. That, to me, is so important as an artist, and I didn't really start to do that until 15 years ago, because I think I was so bought and sold about that I had to be who I was. And now, as I grow older, I want to be more creative. And I want to not only play gay characters, I want to play all sorts of characters. And uh, that's a dream of mine, and that's something I'm pursuing, and that's something that's been coming to fruition for the last 10 years. I second everything, but it's like, uh, I just it's a little mantra that it's like, I don't settle, I don't stop, and I don't take no for an answer. And it's, if I'm ever doubting what I'm doing, you know, on my whole mission statement is I want to touch people with my heart and my humor. And I just know that everybody is always ready to hear what I have to say and how I have to say it. So if I don't do that, I'm not sharing my real gift. To the public, we will not wait for permission from 12 people to say it's okay to do what we love. And that's why we created Smothered. Exactly. <laughs>